Well, we're continuing on a, a uh, teaching um, on real life, and we're actually focused in on uh, seven deadly sins. And you say, I've had a couple of people say, well, I can't find that in the Bible. Well, the wages of sin is, is death. All sins are, are deadly. And over church history, not necessarily a part of the holy canon of Scripture, but over church history, there have been different councils that have convened during different centuries and gathered together at uh, 1.8 1.11 actually 11, and then kind of boiled down and generally accepted as these are kind of the seven biggies. And they, they are rooted, other things are rooted rather in them. And I just think they're important to talk about. We've already talked about pride. Uh, we've talked about anger. We've talked last week about envy. And tonight we're going to talk about greed. And you say, oh, good. Well, I don't have that one. Well, wait, you haven't heard the message yet. So uh, let me encourage you um, uh, this weekend, this Sunday, uh, we'll be back in our series on more than a book. And I want to thank you because the last two weeks on, on Sunday, because we talked about Hosanna. Do you remember that? We talked about Hosanna, and then we had our Easter message last week. So we kind of suspended that series for two weeks. I did not even mention the Bibles, and uh, you continue to give. Uh, several thousand dollars came in over uh, the last two weeks just for Bibles. So to date, as of this afternoon, we've ordered just over 4,000 Bibles uh, to put into the jail and the prisons and so forth. So uh, thank you. Good job on that. Why? Why Why would we even bother to do that? Because we believe it's more than a book. Amen. Amen. Well, let's talk a little bit about greed tonight. How many of you have ever known anybody greedy? I won't go with the second question on that one. We're trying to have also a corresponding virtue that goes with it, something that we're to move toward. Uh, you know, the campaign years ago of just say no. You can't just say no. You have to say yes to something. You know, it's just like when we repent, we turn from something, but we have to turn to God. And so, uh, you know, there's equal and opposite reactions and, and, and things are connected that way. So you can't just stop doing something. You have to start doing something. You know, if you are going to stop smoking, well, you're going to have to start something, you know, because you have habits. You're so wired after years and years of doing that, that, you know, after a meal or whatever, you, you know, you push back in your chair. And you, well, you need to find you something to do, you know, just, just to, in addition to the other things that are going to help you with that. Well, I'm not talking about smoking tonight, but I am giving you some tips on that. Think of the money you would save. But anyway, just throw that one in and so on and so forth. But greed and the virtues that we're wanting to move toward tonight are contentment. And I want to give you another one as well, generosity. And I, I believe that the more content you are, the more generous you, you will be. And I think generosity is probably one of the greatest godly attributes that a human can pick up. God so loved the world that he, that he gave. And this has really been big in my thinking, and I'm seeing it everywhere in my reading as well. We want to live life open-handed. You want to live life open-handed. And we'll, we'll get into some of that tonight, where greed does this. In Luke chapter 12, verse 15, in the New Living Bible, everybody here? Check on your neighbor. Make sure they're all right real quick. Okay. All right. Luke 12, verse 15, in the New Living, it says, 
Then he said, Jesus said, beware. Everybody say, beware. Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. It's interesting there that we're given a warning, beware. And then it says, guard against every kind of greed. So I believe that there are different kinds of greed. And there are different levels of of greed. And greed is very, very dangerous. That's why we're given such a warning. I was actually surprised uh, when I was just reading verses and searching this out uh, over the last few days. How many verses in scripture actually address the whole issue of greed? I mean, it's all over the place. It's a very dangerous thing. So we're warned against it. And we have to beware. And it's also subtle. And it's more subtle and more dangerous, I think, because of our culture. Just the very nature of our, of our culture. And let me throw something in. I don't want to get anybody mad at me tonight. But, you know, if you do, sorry, just doing my job here. But um, beware in our culture especially. And we're one, we're one of the only cultures in the world that, that does this to an extent. We collect things. We collect things. And people that are collecting things will fight people. I remember, do y'all remember Beanie Babies? Do you remember when McDonald's was giving them in little Happy Meals? Giving the little, there were fights at McDonald's. I mean, no, that's crazy. Even if it was you, it's crazy. You know, and people feel goofy about it later. What are you in for? You know, they're in, they're in prison. What are you in for? Oh, Beanie Baby. You're the beanie baby basher. <laughs> but we have to be careful in our culture because we, we tend to like to collect things, which plays into the... And I'm not saying that is inherently wrong. I'm just warning you with that. Be, be aware of some things with that because here's the definition of greed. The desire to acquire... Let me give you a bunch of these. It is an I owe me mentality. It is being generous with self. It wants it. uh, You want it and you want it now is a part of greed. Here's a big part. Greed doesn't wait for God to provide. Greed doesn't wait for God to provide. You need to be careful of that because you'll circumvent the provision of God because it's not in your timing. And this becomes a patience issue, which ultimately is a trust issue. And I won't even ask for a show of hands. Just don't act like it's you at all tonight. But there are people that have, you owe now for things. You've got things that you went into debt for because you didn't wait for God to provide for something. Because I got to have it and I got to have it now. And so we don't wait for God to provide. Somebody just say, ouch, tonight. Okay. And uh, like I said, it's a patience issue, but I think it's a patience issue because really it's a trust issue. Not just trusting God to provide, but trusting that God knows when or even if to provide for some things. Greed is fueled by fear. It's fueled by our culture and by our media. Uh, We are in the most over-commercialized culture in the world. And so we're told all the time, you're incomplete, you're not cool, you're not sexy, you're not any of these things. You'll never be successful unless you have this. 
And so it's a very, it's an image thing. And we get very image conscious in our, in our culture. And I think that, you know, you should be presentable. I, th I think you, you know, should be up to date on some things and so forth. But do not be driven by, you know, you see a new commercial. I got to go do that. A new thing come out. You got to go do that. So we're pushed. This is fueled uh, by our culture, by our media. And, and we have to be very careful of that. Greed allows possessions to possess us. It is the cancer to contentment, which is where we're trying to head with this. And greed is an appetite. Everybody say appetite. Here's the thing about appetites. Appetites are never fully and finally satisfied. They're never fully satisfied and they're never finally satisfied. Just think of your appetite for food. I have one of those. Um, you are never fully and finally satisfied. Think about it. You eat a big meal. You sit down and talk for a little bit with people. Maybe kick back and watch some TV or read or something. And then before long, where are you again? Looking in the fridge. Am I right? Come on. Am I the only one? And so an appetite is never fully and finally satisfied. And so greed is an appetite that has to be dealt with. Greed says never enough. And that's why we see things in our culture, um, horrible things. You know, people killing other people for stuff. People killing other people, fighting other people for tennis shoes. You know, huge investment fraud. People who will just get in front of somebody and tell them a story about something, knowing that they're going to wipe out their retirement, their family. You know, you've got uh, Bernie Madoff and other people, you know, in prison for and a bunch of others, you know, because what what is that? That they would they don't mind hurting someone else. They don't mind draining someone else. What is that? That's that's greed. That's greed. And it's not a very godly thing. Anybody still with me? Yet greed, and, and you need to understand this, requires no possessions. You don't have to have anything to be greedy. It's the desire. It's the appetite. And uh, it is a weed. We could call it the, the greed weed. Uh, and it gets in our hearts and it gets in our minds. And we have this attitude of never enough. And it creates in us what is called discontent. Everybody go ahead and say discontent. I learned years ago that discontent comes by way of comparison. So once you start to compare, that's why another reason don't compete, don't compare, don't complain. Once you start to compare, then you get discontent. Uh, I heard Andy Stanley years ago share about you know, you go out and you work in your garden and you plant a few things and you clean up and you mulch and you pressure wash your deck and you, you do all of these things and get it all set up and you get some lemonade and you go out and you sit out on your deck by all your garden and everything with your lemonade and you pick up a magazine to start reading and the magazine's name is Better Homes and Gardens. Or I've heard of this. People, you know, they're in, generally, in general happy, content with their house or whatever. And then they go on a parade of homes. You know, what are you thinking? You know, so then you go back to your place. 
And it's like, oh, I hate this place. Or you drive your car, you know, and you're going to go with a bunch of friends somewhere, and then they've got some super-de-duper car or whatever, and you get out of your car into their car, and uh, then you get back in your car later, and you're like, you were fine on the way there, weren't you? Discontent comes by way of comparison. And Jesus said this, beware, beware of this. Life is not measured by how much you own. Life is not measured by what you own. And so it's very subtle. So if early on you thought, good, well, I don't have greed. I think all of us realize that all of us have to deal with this a little bit in the name of contentment and generosity. In Colossians 3, 5, again, in the New Living Translation, it says, so put to death. Everybody say put to death. Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Now, let me just stop there for a moment. Paul is writing. Who is Paul writing to? Who? Church. Church is made up of who? Christians, believers. Um, What makes a Christian a believer? Who dwells in them? Jesus, by the person of the Holy Spirit. Your body is the temple of the... Holy Spirit, we're headed where? We're headed to heaven. You know, we got God with us. We got God in us. And then Paul is telling them, put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. So can we admit tonight that we have to be careful of some sinful earthly things that might lurk in us from time to time? Anybody still with me? Okay. He says, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. So those things, we've got to be careful of those things. And then he says this, don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. Watch carefully. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Question, is it possible for a Christian born again, spirit-filled, believer in Jesus Christ, heaven-bound... To worship things? Let me, let me let you in on something. Everybody is a worshiper. Everybody is a worshiper. The person that you know that is farthest from God is a worshiper. And they're going to find something to worship. Innately within us, it's built within us, you're going to worship something. And we have to be careful because you are an active worshiper. You're always worshiping something. And God should be in that place, first place. We worship him and him alone do we worship. And in every culture, you know, if you do anthropology studies and so forth, you're going to find in every culture, they're going to have everything from a totem pole to whatever. They're going to be worshiping something because we're all worshipers. And what our heart is looking for is someone, something that will fulfill us that we worship. And we feel like if we worship them, that will happen. And we're drawn to worship. So we have to be careful that we don't end up worshiping things. You say, I would never do that. You've all, you've all done it. We've all done it. We've all done it. And so greed is actually idolatry. And idolatry is worshiping things. Are things necessarily bad, though? Some of you are like, I don't know. Scripture says that God has given us all things freely to enjoy. But it did not say he's given us all things freely to worship. 
So if, you, if you've got some nice things, some fun things, some toys, some whatever, enjoy them. I said enjoy them. You got a nice house or nice, nice whatever, enjoy. Some of y'all got some poverty thinking you got to get off of you. It's okay to enjoy the blessings of God. I said it's okay to enjoy the blessings of God. I'm going to say it one more time for this section over here. It's okay to enjoy the blessings of God. It's okay to do it. Enjoy them, but don't worship them. Don't worship them. Now, I've got some other advice, wisdom here to give as we go along concerning that. Now, the uh, idea of idolatry is we love something more than God. And we would never admit that. We would never say, I think I'm going to start loving this more than God. It's something that we kind of drift toward. And how do we show love? By showing attention, by spending time, by making it our focus. And so again, we have to be careful of this. Idolatry is worshiping things rather than God. The Message Bible says, a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. Now, Luke chapter 12. Let's look here in verse 15 through 21. Jesus is teaching, and then he said, beware, and we read this verse earlier, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. Jesus told a lot of stories and parables. He said, a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. Anything wrong with that? He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. This is called the BBS, bigger barn syndrome. (laughs) Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. Is he off track now? Yeah. And I'll sit back and say to myself, look what he says to himself, my friend. You have enough stored away for, for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Let me, let me go ahead and tell you this. Everything you worked for, somebody's going to get it. You need to know that. All your stuff that you've insured, painted, locked away, collected, put in shelves, dusted, it's going to be somebody else's. And they're never going to value it like you valued it. Do you hear me? I know this is sad, but it's true. This will break you a little bit. But this is my, my whatever. Yeah, well, when you're dead and gone, your kids will go, what's that? I don't know, sell it in the yard sale. And then somebody's going to walk up, what's that? I don't know, 50 cents, it's yours. Okay. And they got it. It happens. I said, it happens. Every weekend it happens. And you go. (laughs) And the proverb says that a guy fights for the deal and then he walks away. Yes. And when he's fighting for the, it's serious. The proverb says it. Oh, I ain't paying that for that. And act like it's nothing. And then once you get it, (laughs) It's true. Where are we in the Bible? Let's go back here. Verse 20. But he said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. And I don't think he was being sentenced to death because of these other things. He's saying, you, you didn't know what time it was. You didn't know what time it was. Then who will get everything you work for? Yes, a person is a fool 
to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Now, I think you should plan. Look me in the eye. Listen to me. I think you should plan. I think you should be wise. Scripture says that a righteous man lays up an inheritance for his children's children. I think you should be diligent. I'll tell you this a little bit later. You have a responsibility to be blessed. You have a responsibility to be wise in those things. I think you should plan. But this is not just storing up, storing up, storing up in the name of greed. And in in place of being rich toward God. So life does not consist of things or the abundance of things. This guy was laying up for his future, but he came short of his ultimate future. And what happened was he ran out of time before he ran out of stuff. And he did not take into account eternity. Everybody say eternity. We need to think a little more about eternity. You know how far away eternity is? There's just a little curtain. You're there. Y'all with me? So close. And we get caught on this side of the curtain, stacking up stuff. Doing goofy things, not caring for people near us that are this close from eternity. Not loving people and being kind to people and we're just this close to eternity. And we've got to be thinking more about eternity. And when we think more about eternity, we're going to do a better job on this side of it all. You're going to handle things differently. And you're going to treat people differently. And you're going to be more devoted to the one who is not only with you, but he's in eternity. And that's all of us are going to be in eternity. And we want to get the directions right on that. Now, say it again, eternity. It says he was not rich toward God. And I really think that has to do with being generous. And here's, here's something I really want you to get a hold of. And the offering has already been given, okay? So everybody relax. Generosity breaks greed generosity breaks greed i have had god before require me to give away something precious that i was not asking him if he wanted me to give it away i've had those things happen before and you know what it freed me and it opened something up between god and myself and it's an important, important thing, but generosity breaks greed. Let's look at a couple of important things, and I want to give you three biggies so that we can get greed out of our life. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I want you to look at it. Read it with me, if you will. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible. A lot of people say where your heart is, there your treasure will be. No, it's where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's a connection between where your treasure goes and where your heart goes. And we would like to think it's the other way around, but it's really not. Jesus said it's this way, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So they're connected. So it's important for us to direct, follow me, to direct or put our treasure where we want our heart to be. And I'll say this unashamedly to you. That's why you need to be generous toward the kingdom of God. That's why you need to be generous toward the people you love. That's why you need to be generous toward helping people to get into eternity. You know, doing things, investing in things so that, you know, people can be reached and people can be helped. 
and uh, your heart will be there. And here's proof. You know, if, if you've got a big purchase or you've got a lot of money in the market or whatever, you're always checking on those things. Why? Because your treasure is there. So guess what else is there? Your heart is there. Your heart is there. And it, it plays out all the time. So let's make sure that we direct our treasure into the right things so that our heart is in the right things. Can I get an amen out of the church tonight? Then down in verse 24, it says, no one can serve two masters. And you say, that's right, God or the devil. No, he didn't even bring up the devil. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon has to do with money and things and possessions. You cannot serve God and you cannot serve stuff. You're going to have to serve one or the other. And we have to realize that money and things cannot give meaning to life. Money and things cannot give you the full meaning of life. Only God can do that. I know you're out there. First Timothy chapter six, verse 10. Here's another one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their, come on, greediness and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Here's how it gets quoted a lot. Money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money connected later in the verse with greediness. That is a root to all kinds of evil. It's not the root of all evil. It is a root to all kinds of evil. Does money have its place? Money has its place. And don't act, don't even act all sacrimonious here. Is that the right word? Did I say the right one? Sanctimonious to me. Like I don't care about money. That's what you fight about the most. That's what you worry about the most. That's what you're working hard. Don't even act like, Oh, I don't even care. I don't know why he's talking about that in church. You know, it's uh, 68% of marriages that are falling apart or have fallen apart. It's over money. It's one of the major issues is money. And so, and, and the number one thing that people say they worry about is having enough money. So don't even act. Don't even, don't even, don't be cute. Don't play with me. All right. You care. It does matter. And God, God needs to be your source and you need to work hard. Get that right. God be your source, work hard, manage well and wisely. But we don't let it get into the wrong place. You don't get it into the wrong place here. It's the love of money, not money itself. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. So let me give you three ways here tonight that we can deal with greed. They all start with G, so that will help us. First one, I've never talked on this ever. This is a new subject for me. Gratitude. Everybody say gratitude. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Say that with me. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks. Say it again. Give thanks. One more time. Give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Probably one of the number one questions that I get, and I've been in full-time ministry for a long, long time now, is how can I know the will of God? How can I know the will of God? Stop listening for a voice and find a verse. 
Okay? Stop being weird and just settle down and get into the Word. And God will lead you here. And here's a place where it just flat out tells you, rejoice always. That's the will of God for you. Some of you are violating the will of God right now. (laughs) Pray without ceasing. That's the will of God for you. I can't pray without season. I got kids. I got a job. I got this. this. No, it's an attitude of prayer. It's staying connected. It's staying on the line. We, we do not allow that connection to be broke. You have conversation with God all day long. God, help me with this. Remember that? God, remember that one I, ta- I asked you to help me with this morning? They're coming. You see them, God? Here they are. Okay. <laughs> and then in everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That you give thanks. That you give thanks. Greed gripes. Greed gripes about what I don't have and when am I going to get this and how can I get this. Greed gripes, but gratitude rejoices. And gratitude rejoices in what it does have. Y'all listen to me. Gratitude rejoices in what it does have. Here's the other thing about gratitude. Gratitude is always directed And it knows who to thank for what it does have. I think I just lost (laughs) y'all. Greed gripes. Gratitude rejoices for what it does have. For what it does have. Thank God for this. And thank God for this. And see, it's directed. Gratitude is always directed. We know who to thank. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Without him, we wouldn't have anything. How many of you, God's given you anything? How many, how many of you know, this is going to be a hard one for some, some of you guys, okay? How many of you know if you have a wife, God gave you your wife? Amen. Uh, let me move on to another one here. Some of you are like, some of you are like, Pastor, she's sitting right there. Bro, you're in it now, okay? So rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks. But, I mean, whatever you have, thank God for it. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. Gratitude rejoices in what it does have, and it knows who to thank for this as well. The second one, and we've already talked about this some tonight here. Generosity. And I told you, generosity crushes greed. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, it says, Command. Now, I'm going to read the scripture, and this is a command to... Timothy, who is a pastor, and I take it personal because that's my name. And Paul told him, command. I'm commanding you to command them. It's an interesting situation here because it's an imperative in the Greek. Paul is commanding Timothy to command. And so, command those who are rich in this present age. Y'all want to see some rich people? Look up and down your aisle. Seriously? Seriously? Look up and down your aisle. I have the numbers. I need to bring them out to you that if, if all the money in the world, if there were only a hundred people in the world, the breakdown of that, of who has what. And in the United States, we have about 94% of, of the everything. And there are, there are people that live on so little and have so little. And we're griping because I'm having a hard time paying my cable. (laughs) My heart is bleeding for you. 
We're blessed. I said we're blessed. And in this world, we're rich. Now, you may not be as rich as Bill Gates or somebody else. By In the world, look at the whole thing. You're rich and you're blessed and you need to be grateful. And it says, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in, implied, trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. And here's part of the command. Let them do good. So I'm going to tell you, do good. That they may be rich in good works. Be rich in good works. Ready to give. Willing to share. Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may hold on to eternal life, eternity. We were talking about that. So let me go, go through a number of things here under generosity here. Be a giver and not a taker. Live life open-handed, not close-fisted. And the next part, hear me out on this. And as soon as you get anything, as soon as you get anything, everybody say anything. As soon as you get anything, give it away to God. So it does not possess you. You realize I'm just a manager. God entrusted me with this. You tell me what you want to do with it. Don't get confused when he gives you something. Go, mine. <laughs> I want more of these. More of this. No, don't, don't get confused on this. And the more you do this, the more God can actually trust you. But as soon as you get anything, everybody say anything. As soon as you get anything, give it away. Give it away to God. To God. And he'll show you what to do with it. A couple of things concerning generosity. First of all, God instructs that we be generous, that we give. Secondly, it brings blessings. And Proverbs 10.22 in the Amplified Bible says this, The blessing of the Lord. How many of you want the blessing of the Lord? The blessing of the Lord, it makes truly rich. And he adds no sorrow with it, neither does toiling increase it. Why? Because it's just the blessing of the Lord. And, I, and I'll tell you, I'd rather be blessed in something than just, I got this. I'd rather have the blessing of God with something. Are you, are you with me? It's like if you steal it, there's no warranty with it. But if God blesses you with something, he'll protect, he'll help, he'll use. He'll, he'll, there's no toiling with it and working for it is not going to increase it. It's the blessing of God. That would be on you. And it comes because of generosity. And then also, and we talked about this earlier, generosity breaks greed. It breaks greed. So, gratitude. Everybody say gratitude. Say generosity. And the third one is this. Gladness. Gladness. Everybody say, I'm glad. You need to do a little search and find out glad and gladness in Scripture. We're to be a lot more glad than we are. I said we're to be a lot more glad than we are. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It is all over the place. God wants his people and we have no reason to not be. You watch too much garbage on TV. You keep up with the news too close and you get involved in other people's messes in the wrong way. 
And it drains you of your gladness because your focus is all spread. When you have an almighty God who can take care of anything for you, never leaves you, will never disappoint you, would never let you down, would never leave you without support. And we walk around pouting. I'm not after anything. I'm just out here to tell you the truth tonight. And, and the believers, the people of God, the children of God need to perk up. The world I can understand. But see, part of the whole deal is, part of the whole deal is the blessing of God in your life. And the blessing is not, please don't limit blessing to money and things. It's sleeping good at night. It's having favor in your life. It's having all these other things. Part of the whole deal, the blessing of God being on you is for you to be advertisement. You don't even have to open up your mouth. You go through stuff and you keep your peace. And you're nice to people and things work out for you. And an anvil falls out of a window and it doesn't hit you. And a piano, it's cartoons. And because of the blessing of God in your life. And we need to be glad. Thank you all, both of you. Philippians 4, and we're almost done. Philippians 4, verse 11 through 13. Paul said, not that I was ever in need. I've learned how to be content. That's, that's where we want to be content. I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing. Let me ask you real quick. Anybody ever done that? Come on, if that's you, come on. My hand's up. I've learned how to live on almost nothing. Or I know how to live almost on almost nothing or with everything. How many of you have just been really blessed too? Come on, come on. Paul said, I've learned how to do both of those things. And I've learned the secret. Everybody say the secret. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. I can do everything. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. That should make you glad. And we're going to get into it in a few weeks, but we've got to watch our words. Some of y'all are speaking against your own hope with your own words. I hate today. I can't make it through this week. Nothing ever works out for me. Will you hush up? And we'll talk more about it. Your words are so, so, so powerful. There's a whole lot that we need to just not say, and there's a whole lot different that we should be Saying, I want you to notice here that Paul said, I have learned how to be content. Contentment is learned. Contentment is learned. It's a decision and it's a process. You got to catch yourself being discontent and say, no, 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 no. I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm never alone. I'm never without help. And learn to be content and to be full of gratitude. Thank you, God, for what I do have. Thank you, God, for what I do have. Being generous and open-handed with what you do have because it's not yours anyway. It belongs to God. And then having gladness. We change the way we feel when you're feeling discontent. or We change the way we feel by changing the way we think and changing the way we speak. And it will bring freedom and joy and contentment into your life. Greed is an ugly thing. Jesus warned us. He warned us concerning greed. He said, beware of greed. It is all over the scripture. It's a horrible thing that will get you so, your focus so off. 
And it will not only hurt you, it will hurt other people that you're, you're to be a blessing to. Did you know you have a responsibility to be blessed? And that you are blessed so that you can be blessed. We're not just blessed so we can go, <laughs> more, mine. No, and you know what? We would never say that out loud, but we've got to guard it because there's all kinds. He said, beware of all kinds of greed. We don't want it on the inside of us. And I promise you, if you'll get these in good measure in your life, gratitude, generosity, and gladness in the Lord, that he will always help you. I'll tell you what, greed hardly has a chance, but yet you still must stay on guard concerning greed. Did y'all get anything at all out of this tonight? All right, good deal. Stand up with me.